Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening, and oh my goodness, what a weekend it is. Yes, I I ran into an old friend, um, one of the... I guess the term is plethora of producers that I have had over the years. <laughs> Saturday morning's a very hard shift to fill sometimes. <laughs> anyway, ran into the guy who originally invented the term, uh, we do sports and horts <laughs> here because of horticulture and, of course, all the sports that we're all so fond of, so that I must say that with all deference to the one and only amazing and singular sports director, of our wonderful spot here, the one and only Dixon Williams, there's one more game we have to mention. And you know what it is. Now, come on. You, you, you're you an SEC fan, most of you, many of you. The rest of you might be a fan of mine. So let's all say that we're glad. Good grief. Somebody from the South. The Lady Tigers will play for the championship tomorrow afternoon against Iowa. Everybody's brackets busted on that one. Nobody thought they were going to get there. And they did, and it's delightful. And, yeah, their coach is a hoot, and that's part of what makes it so much fun to watch. But the the news is it's a great basketball team. They've worked very, very hard. I'm sure the women from Iowa have too, but um, this this is a big deal. For for those of us who have played basketball since the YMCA in, you know, 1902, (laughs) It's a big deal. Well, and they've played so well, too. They have. Coach Mulkey's done a great job. Yes. She never yes. disappoints with an outfit. No. And no, she's, she's, a, you she's, know, she's a, was a star in her own right back in her she day. She sure was. A heck of a she player. She sure was. So, yeah, I mean, you got Iowa and LSU. Um, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. And we're going to win. 2 30 tomorrow, and your team's going to win. We have that on air. I just have to say that because yeah. I, I don't get to say that sort of thing very often. I love your prediction, and I love the, the throwing out of the plethora. I'm a big plethora of pinatas fans. Well, so there you the, are. It's a good word. It's a word that doesn't get used often enough because, frankly, there's not many places to use it. But we have a plethora of gardening to do, too. It's tis the season. There are no April Fools here. I got in so much trouble once when my column was going to appear, my weekly column um, in the Clarion Ledger was going to appear on a Friday, April the 1st, and I wrote all the answers that I don't give to people, and I'm still hearing about them. That's 100 years ago, maybe only 50. But the the whole point was that it's a joke, and it's a great time for practical jokes. So if you have some, by all means, Today's a good day for garden puns and, uh, you know, all the funny stuff that we do and talk about. Join right on in, but there's no fools here. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line, and you're always welcome to use both of those when I am here. Someone who watches the television broadcast, hello, (laughs) sent me a note this week and said, you always look down and read those numbers. Don't you know them? 
And I said, you fundamentally do not understand radio. You never presume that you know anything. <laughs> you, have to, you, you, you just don't presume that. You don't last very long if you stand around here and presume stuff. So, yeah, I know the numbers, but I'm still going to look at them. That's why they're here. Well, something may change, you know. Well, you know, and that is absolutely the truth. We, we've walked in here on times when there was stuff that we didn't know and still go right on. So whole business about gardening is sort of that way, too, isn't it? We talk about what we're going to do, and we talk about how we're going to do it, and we got this and we got that. And then it pours down rain, and you were going to plant tomatoes today. That's why I grow in containers, y'all. Most of everything that I grow, not not everything I grow, most of the food that I grow that is a 60-day or something like that, you know, plan to eat, I'm going to grow in a container so that I can control the circumstances that it lives in. Cover it up if it gets cold, move it into more sun if it's not doing well, pump in some water if it needs it, hold back if it doesn't. There, There's just so much more, well, just plain old control to be had in a container garden. So we should certainly hope that hopefully we can all appreciate that. I'm planting in a couple of big tubs that, frankly, go into my, you know, use it up, wear it out, make it do or make it or or, or do without. I'm not going to throw these big plastic tubs away. They came with a different world of mine a, a long time ago. But they're still very sturdy. So I'm drilling holes in them and planting in them. But they're too deep for almost anything that I actually want to grow. So, yep, I'm going to put a little bit of rubble in the bottom, just some chunks of cardboard and bits and pieces of sort of a styrofoamy mix that will allow them to, the soil will sink over time, and that's fine, but it's it's a way of keeping it from being so heavy to begin with, and also, frankly, to not have to use so much soil that I don't need at the moment. They're about two and a half feet deep i don't need that for very much dj's in summit will my fig trees produce this year the figs the freeze two weeks ago did a number on the leaves yeah mine too and i don't know (laughs) i fully expect that the june crop the first crop of of figs is is not going to make it in many places but the trees hopefully will be okay i don't i have one that doesn't now now looks like it's dead i don't know if you are watching for that sort of sign, I think the the most dangerous one is if the leaves just hang on there, no new growth comes out in the next month, and the brown leaves don't fall off because they're not being there's no stimulation to push them off. Okay, so at that point you're going to have to start cutting back until you can find some live wood if there is any. I that of course if we have to do that would mean that this year is going to be leaves but no figs in the majority of cases. But the good news is that most of the trees are going to go ahead and push those old leaves off, put on some new ones, and probably by fall be back in in their regular round. But we shall see. Uh, I can't say, you know, it's again, if I had a magic eight ball, wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Make things a lot easier, but I don't know. Things change, you know, and when they change, we as critters, for the most part, try to adapt we can't always adapt but i was happy to read that not only are there more bald eagles in in the western states and for example in in northwestern washington state there are so many more of them and temperatures have changed there just as they have changed here 
Storm fronts have obviously changed there as they have changed here. So something that didn't happen before is now happening. You've probably seen in your life a bird of some sort swoop down and, oh, I don't know, eat all the bean seeds that you just planted or in, in some fa- form or fashion um, come into the come in and, and eat out of the farm field that you're in. Maybe it's a pasture. Maybe it's a garden field. Maybe it's an actual set of agricultural rows. But generally speaking, the narrative around birds of prey and thing and farmers of every sort has not been a really good relationship. I've done my share of yelling at times when, you know, I can see my bean seeds disappearing, corn seeds, that kind of stuff. But the dairy farmers in northwestern Washington are having a whole different experience now. In fact, this is really so interesting. Whether It doesn't matter whether it's been small or medium or large farm operations. There have been, there's been a redistribution of the eagles, mainly because their winter diet isn't available when they need it. The salmon harvest has changed. The salmon carcasses and whatnot that they used to feed on so well, it, it's not happening at the right time for them. Climate change has altered, altered that spawning schedule, so it all happens earlier. Therefore, the, the fish who spawn, you know, salmon spawn and then they die. So that's part of what feeds the it, it, they're gone. They're, they're, the, high, the water's too high, and the, the, they don't get to the eagles where they can. The eagles are not able to get to them. So what they have managed to find is, quite frankly, they're cleaning up the dairy farms, and it's working out very well. I'm happy to say, it, it's one of those things that bears talking about because things do change. Sometimes they change for the weirder. Sometimes they change for, for the worse. But sometimes they change for the better. The bald eagles are getting plenty to eat, and the farmers are not having to put up with other associated, shall we say, creatures, critters, and byproducts um, in in their fields. Think, you know, the the there's plenty of things that would like to come out and eat what you're trying to feed to your cows. There are plenty of things that would like to get into the barn with them, and. If you can have a bald eagle, keep it out. What a beautiful sight, and what a very handy working relationship. Um, I know there's going to be somebody that's going to be upset about this, but starlings are a pest in that world, okay? Just as much as an assortment of rodents. <laughs> I love that term. It's a plethora of rodents, but it's an assortment of rodents. They take care of the situation. I have, I, you know, I, I got my cat, Sunshine, a, a trophy yes, he's, he's, for mouse killing. And um, then I got my other one, Butterscotch, one for just being a tomcat. He, they were kind of aggravated with each other. Yesterday, <laughs> uh, I was over at my mom's, and she said, I think there's a, I think there's a baby possum back there, and one of the cats has it. So I went back there to look, and it was the biggest mouse I've ever seen. And it was almost as big as the cat. So he was just staring it down. I got some good pics, but, but man, that was the biggest myth. So they're out. They're out. Yeah. 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 Trying to, trying to outdo themselves from the previous record-setting performances. Yes. They've got bigger fish to fry, oh, so man. to speak. It was something to see. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, I will tell you that if you have an older home like I do, and – Thankfully, as the years go by, everybody's house gets older. You probably need to let the cats up in the attic every now and then, and mine are happy to be there. They they enjoy their time up there. No, nothing for them to catch right now, but other years have been different. 
for sure. Ooh, somebody asked me about native azaleas, and I wrote about them this week in the All Things Garden Mama Weekly. The native azaleas, of course, are deciduous. That means to say that they are leafless when they bloom. And that's part of what their beauty is. But yes, the leaves, the question was, mine's got flowers and leaves both. Is that a problem? No, because the the leaves will come on very quickly. And if we're lucky enough that the flowers hang on for a week or so, oftentimes the leaves do get out before the flowers get off. It's a beautiful, beautiful plant. But I was thinking about how I grew up with what basically looked like big lumps in everybody's backyard, some in the front, but mostly in the backyard, those big old mounds of Formosa azaleas. And we just, I still think they're one of the prettiest things in the world in a vase. I have a painting that a friend of mine did of them, you know, back in the day. And it's it's a beautiful, beautiful plant. But there's just something about the native azalea that is breathtaking at a different level. Sometimes it's because it's blooming when it's cooler, you know, a little earlier on. This year, of course... Everything bloomed at once, <laughs> so that, that argument goes right out the window. But they also have tend to have a greater fragrance level. And frankly, the colors are, in some cases, stronger. Because, for example, flame azalea, the, the, the super, super orangey red one, is just not duplicated as, as red as some of the evergreen azalea varieties get they don't get as red as that flame does and i I think it's a beautiful color particularly i like it in the the environment with buckeyes and other things that are brightening up the very early 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 spring so it's something you want to think about getting they are they do however need to be planted in shade more shade actually than their their other cousins the evergreens um, can take a little bit more sunlight they can take a little bit of morning sun, but for the most part, high shade is going to be the best place for the native azaleas. I <laughs> I have so many freezer burn plants that have been looking at pictures. Y'all, y'all send the best pictures. One of the pictures was um, a loripetalum. My loripetalums look like they've been torched, so I'm just waiting to see what happens to them, too. But trust me, they're in the front garden. They may not last long enough for me to do that, too. They're just looking so terrible. But there are others where the leaves are already coming back out. And this person sent a picture that the leaves were underneath, but the outside leaves on the outside of the frame were brown. And I said, sure, go ahead and shear them off. Just try not to get into the ones that are green. This is the time of year when we would be doing that anyway. So after that first bloom. Can, uh, let's see. Um, uh, okay. You can transplant anything that you want to right now. If it's a, a hardy plant, uh, a, a tree, a shrub, or a more delicate one, something like a perennial, you can certainly do that right now. Thanks for texting. I appreciate that. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> a few liberties editing the pic. Well, I, yeah, I hope it wasn't quite that fiery. Thank you very much. We're going to be telling you so many exciting things in the next couple of weeks. You're just not going to believe what we're going to be doing. April 15th, Greenwood Marketplace. Big deal. Big deal for me. And I, I, I can't wait to have the opportunity to introduce you to some folks. How about that? I'll just I'll just leave it at that this morning. We're gonna we're gonna get the details of all what I'm talking about. I don't. I hate to talk when I don't have everything in front of me. You know, 
I'm the old who, what, when, where, and why. I, well, I can do you the why, <laughs> the who, but right now I'm kind of short on the other things. <laughs> we'll get them. I promise. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is, in fact, the phone number here. And of course, the text line that y'all are already lighting up. Thank goodness. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I have been so happy to have an opportunity this week to plant most of that brand new little tiny strip of a bed that now it's looking very good. I walked out this morning after the hard rain during the night. Everything's still in place, so I think I, I think I succeeded. Now I can mulch it because it has some good deep water underneath it. Before, I don't know what the weather forecast calls for at your house, but it looks like there's going to be a whole lot of container gardening at my house this week because it's going to be very, very rainy in the rest of the property. There are... There, years ago, it, it came to my attention that I needed to get the water that was standing in one part of my yard back out into the to the driveway at the least. And I did it a little too well, and it eroded the driveway too much. <laughs> so now I'm in search of someone, either with a jackhammer or a front-end loader or something to go put that back together because it's time to dig out the ditch again, which is only going to continue that problem. Well, we think we've solved the problem. We're going to send that water into what is going to become a bog garden. Believe me, I don't dig much, but I got friends that do. And But still have to fix the driveway. So any suggestions that you might have if you've built a bog garden, I'm always open to that. Maybe you want to talk about, I don't know, digging up that native azalea at Mima's house and bringing it to your place. We can talk about that. We can talk about... What about those tulip bulbs that already bloomed out? And what about the ones that didn't? So much to do. So much to say. This is Weekend Gardening. VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. 
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. It's been said that time waits for no one, but that's not completely true. Hi, I'm Cameron Albright. Since 1920, our family has been privileged to serve as Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. For decades, generations have trusted Albritton's for engagement rings, anniversaries, and those special events in life. Time has certainly changed our world. The Internet, smartphones, and social media have revolutionized how we research, communicate, and even shop. At Albritton's, we've grown with you. At AllBritons.com, you can search, shop, and find the latest in fine jewelry. But for those who prefer the personal experience, you can now shop the all-new AllBritons, 4460 Old Canton Road in Northeast Jackson. With new displays and the latest designer jewelry, we're located across from our old home in Highland Village. Still the same AllBritons service you'd expect, but now bigger and better. You've waited for us, now we're ready for you. Come see what's new. AllBritons, 4460 Old Canton Road in Jackson. At AllBritons. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Something wrong and you can't put your finger on it right then Yes, indeed. That's all for you. Thank you very much, TV folks. Supertalk.tv for all the humor you can stand on a Saturday morning. <laughs> I think about all the choices that people have, and the idea that anybody would actually look at this is just hilarious to me. But I appreciate it more than I can even begin to say. I have... I have wanted to do radio since I was eight years old and discovered what radio was. So to have an opportunity to do this for such a very long time is a dream come true. And in one's career, you know, you, you don't always 
you, you oftentimes need to make a living as opposed to living to make a life. And both of those things have certainly been part of my life. But this part right here is the best. And I thank you so much for that. Um, okay, let's see. We've got someone who wants to transplant azaleas and a rose. You can absolutely do that. You can absolutely do that right now. Prepare the new site first, and then on a day when the soil is not too wet and not too dry, doesn't stick to your shovel and also doesn't turn into cr- crumble when you pick it up, a day like that is a great day for doing that transplanting, both of them. I would rather not move them in bloom. I would rather not dig them up or really do much to them. But since it is time to prune azaleas following their flowering, and since most roses can be pruned after their first flush of flowers, I would do that and and then dig them up and put them where you want them. No problem at all. I'm going to look. I have to look at the Celeste fig a little closer. Um, I don't know exactly what that is, but I'm going to figure it out here in a minute. Beautiful, beautiful lawn. Request for some suggestions about uh, shrubs that are colorful that get six to eight hours of sunlight. That particular planting area, I have to say, I'm going to go with dwarf abelias. And in the shadier part of closer to the tree, not not all the way under it, but in the area where it's going to have a little bit more shade, I would go with dwarf sasanquas. That way you'll have color all the time. Dwarf abelias have colorful leaves and just, you know, they bloom, some of them, but most of them are just really colorful leaves all year, all summer, all year rather, and then put on flowers in the summer. But then you'll have fall flowers from the dwarf sasanquas, and that's that's another good choice. Really, really nice. Um, no, roses and azaleas do not need to grow together, and in fact, they'd be happier if they didn't. <laughs> roses need more sun. Azaleas need an acid soil and afternoon shade. So that's that's the biggie on that one. Let's see. Oh, Chris, this is such an interesting question. He ground up tree stumps and has planted all of his vegetables in the mulch do you think i'll have any problems with that if they were done very recently yes you will here's why if they were done last year you're in great shape you you what you may find is that it may drain a little bit too well and you'll have to go in and water a little more often but if they were just ground the problem is that they will continue to decompose and so having your plants in it what happens is after about a month, for example, a tomato will not have grown very much and it will be very pale and then it will turn yellow and die because the mulch itself is taking the nitrogen out of the plant to use it to decompose further. So if they're in straight ground-up stump tree stumps that were ground up less than a year ago, I'm going to be very careful. I'm, I'm not going to do it myself, and if you've already done it, I would certainly consider adding some soil to them taking maybe taking the plants out and starting over with some other kinds of organic matters in that preferably leave those tree stump grindings to just sit and rot and they will over a year they'll be great (laughs) bummer chris says i'm with you i'm with you um i have i I was once invited out to a i'm just going to say it because i don't live there very very fancy neighborhood in a suburb of a town that shall be named, not be named. The folks had planted their entire spring garden 
in a six-inch layer of gin trash, or as we call it in horticulture, gin moat. But it's, I'm, I'm given to understand that it's called gin trash. Beautiful stuff. Wonderful. Gorgeous. Killed everything because it was too fresh. Now, when you go to the gin, dig out of the bottom of the, of the pile that's been there for 10 years. The stuff in the bottom is great. But you'll still need to mix it with something that's not going to be quite as dense and heavy because that stuff is so fibrous that oftentimes... It's it's stultifying. It's too it stays too wet, and then it gets too dry and stays too dry, just like peat moss can do. They have real opposite ends of the spectrum sort of thing, but there there's a very serious granular quality that you need in the soil that they can't give you because they're just too long of a fiber. So that's why we mix them with other things: compost, ground leaves, bark, you know, any any number of other things. Okay, okay. So there we go. Um, what else did we do here? Got a, a <laughs> hardly anybody writes bummer. I like that. <laughs> I don't think you're. We got bummer and plethora today. today within the good first, words, like, really, minutes. really good words today. It. We've we've done something. Andrea's in Madison. Um, can I divide a fox clump now? Kind of depends on what which one it is. The. Um, the problem with flocks, for example, if it's Robert Poor and 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 Delta Snow or any of the ones that are big and tall and leafy and tough, you can certainly divide that clump and replant it and get your flowers into the middle of the summer. But if you've got a Drummondii or something like that that's a, a little bit more tender or any of the woodland flocks, for example, it's going to be harder to do that right now. You'll see the blue Louisianas or the pink woodland phloxes, and they're, it's very difficult to divide them because they're in bloom now or about to be, and it's hard to get to them. The bigger phloxes, yeah, you can do that. Have no problem with that. Let's see. Um, oh, my goodness. Hi, Paula. Yes, I was at Buds and Blooms in March, and I hope I'll be back next year, too. What a fun place. What a fun place. My goodness. That is quite a thing. Okay, good. <laughs> Y'all send some of the best messages. I have to just stop, scratch my head and think, hmm, what, do I say that out loud or not? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to say that one out loud. Anyway, goodness gracious. Part of the fun of the spring garden I have I have had so many people who say to me, how do you do this or that? And then I just say, well, here's what I do, and here's what somebody else does. They're not always the same thing. So if you have a different approach, a different thought, by all means, you know, let me know. I've got little bitty eggplant plants. Well, it's not a little bitty plant, but it's a small, small eggplant that I'm growing. But I'm growing them in the inside the plastic wrapped around the salad table right up until now. And I I purchased those plants when I was at Buds and Blooms, and then when I was further south even than that, the the next couple of days. So I brought them back up to Zone 8, and I have had them potted up, but I've been protecting them a little bit. Not not protecting them like, you know, bring them in the house and and put them next to the bed or anything, but putting them under the salad table with plastic around it to keep the wind off. From the looks of some of my other things, they could have stood that too because it's been kind of windy this week. But I will tell you that the the interesting 
little snack hero is the name of the variety snack hero peas they make a pod that's long and thin but they have peas in them and they're only 18 inches tall so it's kind of like growing one of the wasabis or something else like that that i've done before i i plant them and then i hang little strings inside the hoop in the over the salad table and they grow up that they look really good and I'm going to have to eat radish greens tonight because all of them are up. They need to be thinned again. I thinned them when they first can't come up. This is something else somebody asked me is, how do you grow radish greens? Do you have to grow microgreens separately? The answer is that's a great idea, but no, you don't have to. When you, you thin the green, thin the radishes the first time, you will get a few little bitty leaves that are tasty and you can add them into your salads. But at this point, we end up having a much better opportunity to actually cut the greens at the at the base of the of their little stem so you're getting a little bit of a red stem and a few green leaves and that makes an even better salad component i like it very very much me too, Paula. I, I, I hope I'll see you n- there next year. And, 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 I, and when there's other things going on, you know I'll announce them here. For example, April 15th at Greenwood Marketplace. We'll be doing radio that morning. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Oh, neat. How about that? I, you know, interestingly enough, this is a beautiful stand of blackberries. I don't. I don't believe that I don't believe you need to give them any support unless it would be to keep the branches from dragging the ground. And in that case, you might be putting a little bit of a a wire box underneath the branches to keep them elevated just slightly if the mulch won't do that. You don't want the fruit. The fruit's generally speaking going to be on top of the cane, but because the canes are long and the, the ground's right there, you may want to put something underneath it to elevate that. But I'm not going to do anything else for them to climb on. I'm, I'm not actually going to trellis them, but I might support their, their lower growth. Really beautiful. Nice, nice, nice. All right. You know, the garden is one of those places that we get to put into practice the other philosophies of our life. The generosity and kindness of a plant swap, for example, the joy of taking a plant to your neighbor and then seeing it growing in their garden just like it does in yours. All of those kinds of things are are so fun and kind. But we also repurpose a lot of things. And with our tornado recovery here in our state, and certainly it's not just doesn't stop, does it? When this kind of devastation happens, we oftentimes wish that the earth was flat so we could just push all of it to the edge and have it fall off and go away and we'd never have to see it again. But it either becomes something to fill in something else or it becomes something to worry about how we're going to get rid of it or it becomes something to repurpose. And there's different things that turn into different things. You know what I mean? There's a there's an opportunity to to repurpose it, of course, is to use something that can no longer be used for what it used to be used for. That's when you take that pair of cowboy boots that have a hole in the sole and plant vines in it, you know, and use it and turn it into a container. That's a repurpose. But so is using an old piece of iron that blew out of a house for a doorstop because it'll always remind you that it came from that particular storm. You know, there's people people do that. They the the old 
uh, iron cover to the water meter outside is no longer used and it got broken. So I now have another piece of yard art (laughs) from that. It's a repurpose. It's not ever going to be used as a hatch anymore. And it's probably not even that good for recycling. So it has become a doorstop. I mean, a piece of art. There, you can sometimes salvage lumber and turn it into something else. Sometimes you just have to grind it all up, though, and turn it into the foundation for something brand new. And we need to be aware that all of those things happen. You have a choice. Mr. Lance. Well, you know, I, I've seen my, my memo had those old irons, like, uh, you know, they, they didn't. Oh, the ones in, that you heated in the, iron, in that, the oven? That's what I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, did you put those in the oven? To yeah, they did. Up? I didn't, but they did. But that, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, but those were doorstops after. Exactly. You know, I loved them. Exactly. But I was like, how did, did that, what do you do with that? Sit it yep. out in the sun, but you put it in the oven. Okay. You did. I'm sure you could have put it out in the sun here, but, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they put them in the oven. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I'm also not going to say that they didn't use them at times to, you know, the cast iron pan and the flat iron steak kind of thing or the one of those other things to weigh something down. I'm not going to say they didn't do that. But in, in turning them into doorstops, turning them into yard art, you know, we've done that with all that sort of thing. I don't, uh, I can't remember where I was, but I saw a collection of buggy whips, and it was the point was that we don't make these anymore, but aren't they pretty? And it was, you know, in a, in a garden with LED lights on them, you know, just to repurpose something. In my case, this week I'm taking one of the, you know, sometimes a container breaks and you're happy about it. It doesn't matter. You know, you have different emotions. I was very, very sad. This was one of the biggest clay pots that I've ever had, and it actually just broke. Something fell on it. Well, this week, I turned it over and used it to mark a spot where there's a stump in my garden that I don't want to fall over, and it's a toad house now. It's perfect. It's a repurpose, okay? I didn't need to break this one up into shards. I got plenty of broken clay pots for that, but yes, you can do that, too. Someone asked if I had, uh, in, in all this new music we've been getting, if I had dumped our friends from It's a Beautiful Day. And the answer is no. Here's It's a Beautiful Day. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. I'm Denman Ferguson, realtor with Four Corner Properties, serving Mississippi and beyond. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home or wanting that special family recreational hunting track, give me a call and I will assist you throughout the process from searching, listing, to closing. Call me, Denman, at 601-214-6433 or call the office at 601-952-2828. Please call me with all your real estate needs. Thank you. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech Mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Having any electrical problems? LaValle Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValle Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValle Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Another great gardener, that's right, Mr. Elvin Bishop. He is wildly, wildly, widely known <laughs> for being a great gardener. Um, one of the questions that has come here this morning, I'm, I'm staring at this white on these figs, and it, most of the time when white patches appear on fig branches, it's, it's a powdery mildew, but sometimes it can be something more severe than that. 
So I, I would say if you feel like these have just arrived as a result of the weather, then it's powdery mildew. It's not a big deal. It's, it'll go away when the weather clear, you know, when the ever, weather evens out, I should say. It's been a little cool and then a little hot and then a little cool and hot and the rainy and then not, all that stuff. So the powdery mildew is around. But if it's if the problem started at the base of the tree, um, you're probably going to want to look up. Hmm. Let me tell you how to do this. Probably fig blight would be the best way to get to the information about it. Um, because it, if it if it started at the base of the tree, it could be a fungus that's a bigger problem. Now the the, the issue is, of course, you can't treat. Figs don't respond to a great number of things, and one of the things they don't respond to are conventional fungicides. But it is a case where you can plan for using one of the dormant cycles next year, and it probably isn't going to kill the tree. But if it's just powdery mildew, don't worry about it. If it is, in fact, fig blight, you might want to at least put it on your calendar to do something next winter. Okay. A little too late now. Okay? Okay. I like that. Nice concern, though. My my fig trees don't have any white patches on them. They just are having a rough go with freezing, putting out leaves, freezing, putting out leaves, freezing. Uh, not a good year. Not a good year. University of Michigan is letting us know that uh, the, the change in flowering times that to earlier, you remember a number of years ago, we talked about it here. There was a woman whose family had been keeping a garden journal on a particular property in England for seven or eight generations, maybe longer than that, more than 100 years anyway. And she was finding that everything was blooming three weeks to a month sooner than it had done at that previous time. And, of course, that's about the same point at which we began to understand the changing temperatures and whatnot. We're not talking about why all of this happened. That's a discussion for another place. I'll argue with you all day about it, but not in this venue. Um, however, the the question is, what do we do and what do the plants do? And what we have begun to see is that the change in the relationships between the pollinators and the flowers that they ordinarily go to is, of course, changing. Some of those flowers are not getting pollinated when they should. And in some cases, the critters are not getting the nectar that they need either. However, there are other things that actually do play a part in the choice of a flower by a pollinator. And indeed, the plants are growing bigger flowers in some cases because the bigger flowers make a louder noise. Hey, I'm over here. You know, <laughs> Come here. That sort of thing. Increased flower size does indicate a greater investment by the plants to get the pollinators to come to them. I was talking to a friend of mine about corkscrew vine yesterday. It's a, a legume. She had ordered the flowers because the, the seeds because the flowers look so pretty and there was only five seeds in the packet. Now they're big seed, but still. And the answer is, of course, there's not only there's more demand for them, but they're very hard to get pollinated, so they don't make a great deal of seed. Indeed, in the case of the corkscrew vine, which is a legume, their pollen tube is the reverse of of most every other plant. It's a it's an unusual situation and one that many people have studied over time, because it only allows in the critter that's going to actually pollinate them, and not all the others that would take the nectar without doing the work that they need done. 
So that's the sort of thing that we have long seen in plants and in botany and horticulture. But in this particular world that we're living in now, we're seeing it a greater amount, and we're seeing it particularly at northern latitudes. Well, that would make sense in terms of the timing of trying to get everything to bloom and be pollinated all at the same time. This is being reported in evolution letters. You probably didn't know that existed. I didn't. But indeed, they are saying that floral architecture and the rewards that it brings to the plant as well as to the pollinator that it's trying to attract are, are can be documented and are, in fact, changing They've started measuring all these things around the year 2000, and by 2012, they were able to note the changes, and, of course, the research goes on. Pretty fun stuff to know. Um, you, you, you may not always see it at your feet, but you do see it in, in the long term. Is uh, <laughs> Hello, David. I wish that that were true. I would grow nothing but that. Is there anything you can plant in the garden to deter deer? That would be a fence. And, and I mean, I'm sorry. That's just the way that we deer, deer. Yes, you can feed the deer over on the other part of the property and, and you can you can plant things that have gray leaves and that the deer are not necessarily as fond of. You can avoid things that they will come a mile for like hostas. But I have to tell you that if they're hungry and thirsty, it, all bets are off. <laughs> build, build a deer stand or put a ground line and, and a scarecrow with a gun, you know, because yeah. they, they don't like coming around. They don't like that. <laughs> they don't like that. You can have permanent scarecrows in your yard, but no. Isn't that something, though? We, I mean, and we let's face it, it's just like the people who write to me and say, I built a house over here on the reservoir or on this other place and, and – uh, and, Pascagoula, I've heard this from too. I built this house and now I got these chimneys in my backyard, these clay chimneys. What is that? Well, that's the crawfish chimneys. And yes, you moved where the crawfish live. <laughs> in the case of us, we all moved pretty much where the deer live, the possums in my case. Is it too late to transplant? It's not too late to transplant hardly anything. Confederate roses to a new location, I'd do it. But do it soon because there's going to be plenty of rain this week to water everything in. And who knows, after that, it could turn hot. I mean, I don't know what it's going to do. We all talk about the Easter freeze. Oh, well, maybe. (laughs) It might do that. But, yes, you can still go ahead and transplant shrubs like that. Yeah, yeah. Why would some fig trees be starting to produce and others not? Different varieties. Different, not necessarily, um, since it's all on your property, it wouldn't be the microclimate. But probably just a different health and status, maybe the exposure. Perhaps the ones on the west and south are doing better because they stayed warmer. Perhaps it's the other way around. Um, perhaps it's a, a different variety. You know, there's just there's, there's subtle differences between plants. This, if, if I have to put it in, you know, human terms, my sister and I don't look anything alike, and we hardly think alike. But we had the same parents. So, you know, we're different. If you put both of us out in the field, we would we would respond differently, too, just like your fig trees. Oh, my goodness. I'll read this next one that you can see at the top of the list. I think I'll read that during the break. I don't think I want to know what that says right now. Thank you all very much for these questions. <laughs> Coming in from the Garden Mama group, I will have several of these today because um, there's a bunch of questions in there. That I hope I can get to, but your your questions always come first. 
But I do like um, the idea that the ants are growing in the buckets, and what can I do to get rid of them? Well, first of all, you can dump the soil out into another place and then drench that soil with ant control, soapy water, any number of things like that. But if you've already got plants in it, mix up an all-purpose insecticide, such as insecticidal soap or something of that quality, and then drench the entire container. Do it today and do it again tomorrow. You'll get them out of there. They'll move on. All right, now, this is one forecast because, yes, there will be some sun. This is Weekend Gardening. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more Call 855-413-8769, TTY 711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid actor portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The death toll count from Friday night's tornadoes that ripped through Mississippi is now up to 25. On top of in-state personnel, the federal government has already put boots on the ground as recovery efforts continue. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell told Fox News. This is definitely going to be a longer-term recovery effort. Uh, It's going to take the entire federal family coming together to support these communities, some of which um, are some of our poorest communities uh, in the state. And so we want to make sure 
that the full force of the federal family is in there to support them. As of now, fatalities have been confirmed in Sharkey, Humphreys, Carroll, and Monroe counties, while dozens across the state are still injured and being treated at local hospitals. A full list of resources and shelters can be found at supertalk.fm. I'm J.T. Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News. We are advocacy, a century of wins, protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. A Mississippi teen is rising to fame. The 16-year-old recently appeared on Justin Bieber's last album. The young musician, known as Prentice, says he's been connected to music since he was a kid. So I knew I had an ear for it. The The hard part at that point was figuring out how to get my voice working and figuring out how to learn production. And I'd gone like two years into it with zero music theory at all. He met Justin Bieber after getting the attention of Skill Rex. He hit me on Instagram and I sent him a demo and he made a song out of the demo that I had. And I guess he showed it to Justin Bieber and that's how Justin Bieber found me. He was like, this is cool. He said he's fallen in love with performing for live audiences since his career has taken off. I was never scared of a stage. Like I'd go up in class and say my little poems and stuff. I just was like scared that people would want to sit for 45 minutes and watch me perform a set, especially with me being so young. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Ole Miss and Texas A&M went through an hour and a half lightning delay in the seventh inning, and the Aggies came out roaring and hit a grand slam go up 7-4, to four, a solo shot to make it 8-4. to four. Ole Miss got two runs back in the ninth on a two-run homer by Kemp Alderman, but A&M held on for an 8-6 to six win. Ole Miss lost to 15-10, 0-7 in the SEC. Game 2 tonight, 7 o'clock first pitch, 6.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Game two, Mississippi State, South Carolina. The Bulldogs got their first SEC win by handing the Gamecocks their first SEC loss, 13 to three in a run rule in seven innings. The Bulldogs go to 16 to 12, one and seven in the conference. They will finish the series today at two o'clock and start with 1.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Southern Miss got a win on the road at Troy, four to one. The Golden Eagles are 15 to nine, four and three in Sunbelt play. They will play again today at three and Sunday at one o'clock at Troy. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi, King's Daughters Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss for a sold out show. 
we got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. The men's NCAA basketball tournament is down to four. The final four in Houston, Texas this weekend. San Diego State takes on FAU in the first game of the final four. San Diego State eliminated Alabama and took down Creighton to reach the final four. FAU defeated Tennessee and Kansas State to reach the final four. On the other side of the bracket is the Miami Hurricanes, who eliminated number one seed Houston and then beat the Texas Longhorns to reach the Final Four, and UConn, who knocked out Kansas, Arkansas, and Gonzaga to reach the Final Four. So San Diego State and FAU at 5 o'clock this afternoon, followed by the Miami Hurricanes and UConn at 8 o'clock tonight. In the final four, the championship game will be Monday night at 8 o'clock in Houston, Texas. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the greenest season. Yeah, that's right. Even people who don't claim to be gardeners sort of feel like gardeners when it gets to be springtime. And here we are. Goodness gracious. I am so happy to tell you (laughs) there's too many interesting questions. Y'all have a great palette of plants going and also a bunch of questions that are very, very interesting. I'm, I'm looking over last hour and we talked about everything from ground stumps to colorful shrubs to blackberries to figs to deer. To, <laughs> so keep it coming. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the Super Talk call line. And of course, the ceasefire text line is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. This is this is an example of one of those good questions. And yeah, it's just like my house. Here's a bay tree. It is entirely brown. And I love that she says she has been shaking it, you know, to get the, the brown leaves to come off. I've noticed that the brown leaves that I'm shaking off of mine also have, um, unfortunately, some blight to them. They've got some, uh, some, you know, weather-related fungus as a result of being half dead anyway, so I can't even eat them. Or I guess you could, but I wouldn't. Anyway, that's me, not her. So this is this is the, uh, not sure if it's going to make a comeback. Should I prune it anyway? Yes, and that's what I've done. I pruned it, and I, I do have a thumbnail test. I have checked out a little bit. And, in fact, I've still got some green under the stems, I mean, under the bark on the stems. And I hope you do, too. 
but yes, I have pruned it. I cut mine in half. Mine was nowhere near as large as this one, but I did cut it back by half because there was, that's how far I had to go down before I got some green. And it's not sloughing off its leaves. So yes, if you uh, happen to go through a garden center and you're worried about your bay tree and you see some, you should probably get a new one just in case. <laughs> then you'll have two. You can give one to somebody if yours comes back. But there are going to be a lot of them that I think are going to be very, very slow to return. Another question about the similar situation or what I call the freezer burn on all our plants. In Let's see, where was this one? Oh, in cold water, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Liz. She said there, there's no green whatsoever on them. And I'm going to do the scratch test. I'm going to cut them down. If, if, if there's green somewhere down on those stems, I'm going to go ahead and prune them just as if I was pruning them after flowering, which is to say take off about one-third overall their size. But if there's none there and you still want to give them a chance to come back, cut them back by half and see what happens in a month. It's hard to know what, if anything, will but um, I will say that the <laughs> I've told the saga of this sad azalea that I don't think anybody planted. I don't know. It's on. It's 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 in the massive amount of pine straw under the pine tree that's on my neighbor's property. But the pine straw bed slops over onto mine. We're good friends. It doesn't matter to me that it's there. But there's nothing really growing there except for this pretty sad azalea. So I've pruned the azalea over the years, and some years it'll look okay. But it's not my plant. I don't like it, and I'm, you know, I just kind of ignore it. Well, this year it froze, and then it then then they got really, really, really warm. It put on a bud. So here's a plant that's three feet across at least, maybe a little taller than that. Should be a nice round, moldy, rounded kind of shrub, mounded kind of shrub. And instead it has one flower bud on it, which did open, by the way, right before it froze this last time. <laughs> I haven't gone out to see whether it's alive or not. I don't know. I did lose some of the ligustrums. I lost the top of all of them and uh, the, in the entire tree in some cases. But that was a, a that was at least a... 35 or 40 year old tree form ligustrum hedge okay this is not something that has a lifetime you know it's not a red oak it's not it's not even a red wood okay it's not going to live 100 years or even 50 so it it uh it, it just has to I'm, I'm adapting gonna hang things there put some stuff there I am one of the things I'm going to plant very very soon will be some new flower seeds I'm interested in growing. I've got Asiatic jasmine coming along, so I'll need something with a round head to go along with that. And I have put in some seeds for crackerjack marigolds, which are great big, you know, the things, the heads are the size of hard balls, at least sometimes as big as softballs. And they're just really, really beautiful, beautiful plants. I like them. I like to grow them with tomatoes, kind of that distracting smell around the tomatoes, like when you grow basil with tomatoes, so that they don't have so much... Um, there's not just one smell for the insects. They have to kind of get through it to find the tomato. So it's a, it's a distraction, but it does, in fact, work quite well. It's pretty good. Let's see. What have I missed here? Oh, from the uh, – ooh, this is a sad one. From the Facebook group, the Garden Mama Facebook group, Shelley asks, what about the clay eras in Memphis that look so brown? 
Well, if they don't look any better than the one in my garden that I just cut down, they're gone. I don't know. It depends on the tree. But they were not marginal. They were just particularly hard hard hit. They should be hardy all the way through Zone 7, up the, where Memphis is, down into Tunica, and, and obviously, you know, further down. But I'm in Zone 8, and mine froze solid. So I don't know. There, talk about that's really sad too you know when you start scratching on something and it's there's no green under the bark and you keep, go a little further down there's still none you go a little further down there's still none and you say well I, hmm i don't think i can use this in the smoker let's see what <laughs> i don't think it has any aroma at all but it was a really pretty wood um it, it it's a very pretty red color on the inside so i made a sort of a walking stick out of a piece of it it's not too bad not too bad Another good question from that group. The soil is dried out and clumpy. Obviously, it won't be that by now. This was from Kathy. By now, it's wet again. And um, what row covers should I use after put in the tomatoes? And she's not planning to plant tomatoes until after Easter. You won't need a row cover. You will need row mulch. You'll, you'll want to mulch them, but you don't. You won't need to cover them at that point. Okay. Oh goodness. Oh Trey, that's beautiful. So pretty. I hope all is well. This is this is um, just a beautiful, beautiful apple blossom. How wonderful! Chris is transplanting tomatoes, and uh, <laughs> he's growing catalpa worm trees. That's great. That's wonderful. Looks like a beautiful collection too, Chris. That's super duper. You know, people don't grow catalpa trees because we don't have space big enough for most of them. But if you do, it really is one of the trees. That, that you need to consider both because it makes obviously makes catalpa worms but even more than that it makes beautiful shade it's just a lovely lovely tree and one that, that probably is not appreciated as much as it should be and and even in our part of the world you think about them in a in a an area where there's plains you know an open space and all that sort of thing but but even if you just have a large yard you've got room for it actually and catalpas are one of the prettiest of our gigantic trees. It's one that doesn't look like all the rest of them, and that that's kind of nice too. And you get a lot of great fishing lures out of the deal. Really, really good fishing lures, no question. Today's question, by the way, in the um, <laughs> since they fill my freezer every year, I love it. That's <laughs> great. Plenty of plenty of bait. Plenty of bait. Garden Mama newsletter. I'm getting a couple of subscriptions now that uh, now that y'all know that you don't have to pay the full freight because we're coming up on the three quarters of a year. I'm I'm only renewing in January. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I used to renew any time of the year because I'm such a nice person, and it got to be unwieldy to keep up with who owed what when. So now I renew in January, which means that if you if you buy the newsletter at this point in the year, you will pay for three quarters of the year. If you're on Patreon as one of my supporters there and my patrons there, that goes on month to month. You can come in and go out anytime you want to. But the the, the one where you actually send me the money, <laughs> we, we hope, um, is the less less price now because it's the we're into one we're past one quarter into the year. Okay. Now, what does that mean? That means get in touch with me, Mama on air at Yahoo.com and you too can learn more about the All Things Garden Mama newsletter. For example, each week I promote something or other that I'm going to talk about here. 
I think so that you don't believe I'm making all this up. I do, in fact, do the research. And from the University of Cambridge this week, not only did we learn previously this morning that flowers are getting bigger as they attempt to attract their pollinators, we have got an absolutely downright deceptive daisy. Now, that's a term you wouldn't think, would you? You think of daisy-type flowers as being open and beautiful and flat and flat-facing and happy, make everybody smile. Well, guess what? They're able to produce this particular bunch, South African daisies, Gortaria diffusas, is the only daisy known yet, just like when we used to think crows were the only animals, only birds that used tools, but there's more than them. It's the only daisy that we know of right now that makes a complicated structure that resembles the female fly and grows it on its petals because the male fly will be attracted to that and will come on in and take the pollen. Come on. How cool is this? Everybody has been trying to figure this out. They've seen the three-dimensional thing. They've looked at it. It's hairy, bumpy, white highlights, doesn't look anything like the rest of the plant. Now they have identified the three sets of genes in the fake fly that, in fact, they all have other functions as well. Not only do they do this for the male flies, but, of course, because plants are self-serving, this particular thing that the plant grows also moves iron around. One part of it makes root hairs grow, and the other part controls when this thing flowers. Now, come on. There's, there's four different PhDs right here. There's enough research material in this to be just thrilling. The iron-moving genes add to the petals normally reddish-purple pigments. Y'all have, y'all have all seen African daisies, I hope. This is just really cool plant. But anyway, changes the color to a more fly-like blue-green. Well, that would make sense. You'd want it to be there. The, the root, root genes make hairs on the petal to give it texture and make it, again, make it look more like the female fly. And the third set makes them appear sort of in random, in in random positions, as if they would just happen to be there. How cool is that? So much fun. Evolutionary advantage, obviously, in the harsh desert environment where they are native. There's only one very, very short rainy season there, and that's when they have to, frankly, get going if they're going to make more seed for the next year. So they have found a way to do that. I like it. I think it's very impressive. My goodness. That's beautiful. That's that onion field, isn't it, Lyman? That's gorgeous. Onion or garlic, but it looks like onion. I, I it's let's cook. And you know, it's <laughs> it's it's obviously time. <laughs> That's great. I was saying um previously today that that everybody needs to get that this is why we container garden. If you look at the weather forecast just for the next week, there's enough water for some states, some some environments uh, to have in a month. And on the other hand, depending on where you live, there may not be any at all. So that's why container gardening, especially for the spring vegetable garden, for me is a a no-brainer. I would love to think that I was going to go out and have a success in a big field, and that's possible, but that's a full-time job. I have other jobs. I have this job. I have several other jobs. And for that reason, I'm going to grow in containers because I can take care of them once a day 
and go on about my business and come back the afternoon and see if they need anything. But they probably don't because it's a, it's whether you're watering them or, or fertilizing them or staking them up or doing something else. There's all kinds of things that uh, make a lot of sense to take care of. But in a container, you can do it a lot quicker. Oh, it is garlic. Okay. Cool. It's beautiful. I'm I'm still a person who appreciates a good field of garlic because we all think about it. We all use garlic. We cook with it. But some people have never seen it or never grown with the fresh garlic. And it's a good, it's a wonderful plant to have and enjoy. Put it on your calendar for next September. Okay. How do you get to be a really high-quality shrub? How do you get to be the one that, that, frankly, no nursery can keep enough of and, and everybody wants to go, all right? Whether it's deciduous shrubs or evergreen shrubs or partly evergreen, semi-deciduous, all those kind of other terms, the, the real keys are what do you want it to do? Do you want it to look nice and frame your front door, frame your house, um, do you want it to line a walkway? Do you want it to create a view? You know, all of these things have different purposes. And, in fact, um, what I've realized in, in putting roses and perennials into this little front bed that I just created, I need one more plant. I need a woody. I need one more woody plant. There's, there's elephant ears and all kind of other stuff that's going to come up all around this. I have enough crocosmia to float a boat, but most people do. And if you don't know crocosmia, look up Montbrigia, and you'll know what I'm talking about. But since the primary pests of most shrubs are our friends, the piercing and sucking insects, it makes sense to not only get things that are fast-growing and hardy, but also things that tend to be a little bit sturdier in that regard. For example, the abelias that I was talking about just really don't get very many pests at all. The worst thing for them is a complete and dead drought. I can tell you this because I have managed to almost kill a couple of them. They're not dead yet. But when things are very, very dry and I refuse to water, then they do take a big hit. Also, I think that um, we need to talk a little bit more today. I would like to have you think a little bit more about the loripedalums because we're going to see some damage across the region. Some of them are going to be really slow to come back. And as I said, the three that I planted in the front garden, I moved them from the back garden where they were too big and put them in the front garden where it's too dry. They looked good. Then they looked great. And now they look frozen. So (laughs) I'm a little disturbed with them, and I'm tired of looking at them. They may be gone by the end of the weekend. I don't know. That might depend on how the Lady Tigers do tomorrow afternoon. If I get mad, I might have to go yank out some shrubs. Think about it. That's horticulture therapy. I don't need to shoot the television. Don't have a gun anyway. But I also don't need to get too angry about things. I can go out in the garden, tear things up. And that's a wonderful stress reliever. For example, I didn't tell you not to come, but, well, whether you're going to come here or not, this is weekend gardening. I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death Open up the window, let me catch my breath Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said that ain't no way to have fun Son, that ain't no way to have fun Son, son, son 
Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now they're SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Mississippi, King's Daughters Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome, Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing with me. Sunday night, April 23rd, at bought Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. Sold out. I we got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details.
details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. You can register to win tickets by going to Got Gear Motorsports on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. That's Got Gear Motorsports in Ridgeland. If you're growing corn, and many of you are, the thing to know about corn is it grows really fast. So, for example, if you started in peat cups in order to be able to transplant it sooner, then it would come up in the soil outside. Or maybe you have, like I've had in my lifetime, birds that would just sit and wait to come and get the corn seeds. Then you may start them in peat cups. You get a little early time, and you also get to put a plant out instead of a seed. Yeah, busy, busy, busy. They're going to grow quickly. You got to put this. You got your timing has to be so that you're going to be putting them in the ground in a couple of weeks after you start those corn seeds because they get big quickly. Southern coastal gardeners particularly have have been putting out the peat cups this last few weeks, but the rest of our region are starting to go. Well, maybe I should have done that too. The reason we do that in the very deep south along the coast and in that part of you know zone zone 8b and zone 9 is because we're trying to beat the pests and in fact trying to get the corn in before the pests can get a hold of them which generally speaking is in june sometime so if you have a 75 or 80 day corn and you're trying much as the rest of us are to get it in before the fourth of july you're late hurry up (laughs) get going And, yeah, it feels weird to do that, particularly if you live in Tupelo. So you may decide to start them in peat cups, but get the big peat cups because you're going to need to do that. You're going to need a lot of root space, and then you just plant the whole cup. Even a couple of weeks from now, you'll have plenty of time to get that corn in. I know that sounds funny, but it's absolutely the truth. Corn is so precious, but it's not delicious if it's been bug-eaten, and it's also very frustrating if the weather turns off hot and dry and you can't necessarily flood the field or water it and you end up with very small kernels or none at all those things are not good but corn is a very wonderful wonderful plant and i like it i'm glad so many people do appreciate growing their own mit is always known the massachusetts institute of technology teaches us something every time they issue a press release practically and certainly when they release the results of studies that they are doing on one thing and another in this case yep bug-sized robots you remember our little friends are going to eventually be used for pollinating or they're going to be eventually used for medical procedures and all sorts of stuff but their whole point of this one is built on the fact that bumblebees are clumsy flyers i was watching um a, a on a, a salvia, a lyre leaf salvia, you know, they've got the stalk of really pretty little blue flowers for the most part, minor blue. And there was a bumblebee trying to get the pollen out of it one more time and bending the entire thing over and just about knocking himself off of the plant because they are clumsy compared to some others that you barely even see come in because they move in so quickly. And that's partly, of course, why the European honeybee has made such a home here. They're they're quick and they're easy, and it's hard to get them not to survive. I grant you, we've had some, we, we do try as human beings, but we've, we've managed to keep most of them alive anyway. 
However, a bee that is foraging on its own, not in a hive, not, you know, not working on um, a, a, a time clock, so to speak, you know, po- pollinate the almonds and then hurry back to the hive on the truck because you got to get out of here. Not, not doing that, just foraging around, bopping around your garden. There's apparently, a, I don't even know who measured it, but it was somebody at MIT. They bump into a flower about once every second. And over time, yeah, that does do some damage to their wings, but they still fly, even though they have holes in their wings or they have knocks, chips taken out of them. So what they did was to apply this set of principles and, frankly, flying modes that are a little clumsy to aerial robots because they are not so resilient. You poke a hole in the robot's wing and it's gone. It's That's over. Well... When you think about how many thousands of dollars are in there, you figure we better teach them how to fly when they're damaged. So they've been working on artificial muscles that are like the ones in the bumblebees. I wonder what the bumblebees think about this. <laughs> I have a feeling they would be very amused that we humans are going to this length. Oh, somebody asked about cutworms. Hadn't heard anybody talk about cutworms in so long. Um, they're there are cutworms out there when you plant or when a seedling comes up or when you plant a small seedling of something or another and the next day it's gone no sign of it if you dig around in the soil if it if you don't have the deer coming and eating it you don't have you know anything else pulling it out by the roots dig around and you may find that you've actually uh, been invaded by cutworms that's why we back in the early days of horticulture they advised you to take a piece of cardboard and wrap it around the base of anything you transplanted or any brand new little plant that was coming up to keep the cutworms from being able to get to them. Generally speaking, now we are able to treat the soils and we're also able to expose them by raking the soil first, exposing them to sunlight and other birds that will come and eat them, and we can get rid of most of them before we have to plant. But that little baffle, that little shield, is still not a bad idea in many, many cases. It's something you may want to know about. In, in this case, just like so many other times, exclusion works better than trying to control them. And if you can exclude them, you've had a problem with it, by, by all means, you'll want to put some parasitic nematodes in the soil, but you'll also want to use a collar to make sure you don't lose your babies. Those little those little seedlings are important, very important. I watched someone the other day struggling in a bed of ground cover that I believe, I don't really remember, but I think they were planted about a year ago, maybe a little less. There's more weeds than ground cover. And it occurred to me that I hadn't told you all, this is the time to get out there and pull those weeds that are in your new beds of ground cover and even in your old beds of ground cover while the soil is damp, while the spring is on us and we're getting some rain. This is the time to take the weeds out of there and put in some fresh mulch. Also, if you are planting brand new ground cover, and you know you have to put the plants at a certain spacing, but that leaves gaps between them that they will eventually grow in and fill in, then you may want to just sow some other flower seeds or something in there that's not going to be permanent zinnias or something. You may not get flowers, but you'll get a little bit of growth that you can then turn under that will be like a cover crop between those clumps of ground cover and control the other weeds that might have a tendency to come up in that space. 
doesn't hurt to try. And it's also one of the things, one of the places where the pre-emerge seedling controls can be very helpful. You can find those both in, in natu- from natural sources as well as from sources that are a little bit less natural but work equally well. You put that in there when around those that, where you've already pulled the weeds out, and then the next set of seeds will be suppressed. So getting ground cover going is not something we think about too much, but I have to say I'm still seeing more dead um, Asiatic jasmine beds than I am seeing live ones. There's places where you know we use that plant as a ground cover in spaces around trees around parking areas anywhere we don't really want to have to mow and it's in full sun you can just shear it off well there's a lot of them where you'll see that if there's 10 feet of what used to be asiatic jasmine there's about one square foot of plant somewhere that has popped up i don't know if the rest is going to come back or not so there may be more people planting ground covers than we expect and yes, I still have, I can still see it coming up from my neighbors, so I have plenty of regrowth over there, even if I don't want it. So you may want some. Uh, let's talk. We can actually do that. Oh, the other thing about ground covers is if you are, are planting on a slope, plant twice as much as it's recommended in terms of those little plants. You oftentimes find that the best ground covers that you purchase to pl- to plant come in a flat and almost have to be dug up from each other, cut apart, separated. That's going to give you a whole lot more plants, a whole lot more bang for your buck. And that in turn gives you small plants that it's easier to plant twice as thick on something like a slope or on an area that's not going to get any attention at all. In, in, in any way, plant twice as much as you think you need. It will be a good idea. Oh, uh, let's see. Garden Mama, is it time to plant gladiolus? Yes. You can start planting gladiolus if you haven't already and plant them weekly. That's one of those things that's hard to remember to do, but once you get into the rhythm of it, you recognize just how many flowers you have, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Speaking of flowers... Next Tuesday is the next Tulip Tuesday for the Flower Growers of Mississippi 2 that I will be involved with. I'm teaching Integrated Pest Management, one of my favorite subjects, and I hope you will join us. Get in touch with me or get in touch with dyowl at aol.com or on Facebook at Flower Growers of Mississippi and the number 2 because it's the second group. Okay? Okay. Let me see. Oh, plant sales. Good heavens. Go to the plant sale that's near you. If you have master gardeners in your county, and you probably do, call up and find out when the sale is. Call the county extension service. You know, call up somebody that you know, whatever it is. Call, you know, anybody that's that does all of this because everybody's having a sale this year. I usually get four or five, and I'm able to talk about them more coherently. But quite frankly, this year, everybody's having a sale. And I do keep putting them into the Garden Mama group on Facebook but I have to tell you that every week I'm learning about another plant sale somewhere. Please support these. This is this is really the everything everywhere all at once in, in horticulture because you're just as likely to find a rooted shrub as you are seeds for soapwort, you know, or a cutting starting starting some plants of begonias you've never seen. There's no telling what you're going to see at these, and they're not there for very long. This is not a consistent and ongoing effort. This is what people do for 
one occasion, generally speaking, to raise money for an event. It's not going to compete with the nurseries, believe me, because a lot of these plants are too obscure, first of all. But second of all, it's just a good time. It's a good time to get out and support that local effort um, for whatever the, the whatever the, the, the do-gooder is that they're doing. And um, I, things, for example, I don't even know when the Horticulture Club at Mississippi State is having their sale, but you want their yellow pear tomatoes. <laughs> so somebody out there is grinning because they know I'm right. They're very, very good. <laughs> They're very, very good. Oh, let's see. Um, well, actually, yes, you can. This is a question that's almost an April Fool question. So if a certain plant says it needs male and female to make, how do you tell? You can't just lift them up and look. Yeah, actually, you can. They look quite different. So if you're looking at a plant that needs male and female parts to, to propagate, uh, to, to pollinate, rather, and to, to create new plants, just look that plant up on your on your phone or on your computer or in a book, and it'll show you what the two different kinds of flowers look like. And it'll also show you what the individual flowers that have both parts look like. It's pretty exciting stuff if you don't know about it. But it is, it's, it's not always easy to tell. But it's easy to tell once you look up that particular plant. In yes, regard sir. to your uh, your comment on the horticulture sale at Mississippi State, yesterday was the first day from 8 to 5. Obviously, that's over now. But Saturday, it says April 1st from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Y'all go. So, hey, you got a little time go to get there. Them. Yellow pear tomatoes. Tell them Garden Mama sent you. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, there's a whole bunch of sales. The, the master gardeners everywhere. Um, but because I was once, because one time I was the president of the horticulture club at my school, yes, that's right, I was. They they had the foolishness to elect me to do that, um, and and I, I still support those clubs because frankly, they work really hard. Now, talking about the pests that you're likely to get, talked about cutworms a little bit, but what about just 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 what about the ones you want? What about the caterpillars that you know you're planting the milkweed for, and you're you're planting butterfly bushes for, and you're doing all this and trying to get stuff to grow, and the birds come in and pluck them right off, pluck those caterpillars right off your plants and take them away and their lunch, and you didn't really want to grow lunch for the birds. Well, I've got a little bit of information for you. A whole bunch of those predators hunt at night, so if you turn off your porch light your plants will be a little bit less obvious and a little bit less easy to find for the most of them. Granted, some of them are blooming at night trying to attract their pollinators, but that's not generally what brings the predator into your caterpillar because that's a different stage of life, okay? Indeed, um, the Lepidoptera larvae, as Cornell University reminds us that they are called, put 550 lifelike caterpillar replicas when you like to have had that project. Okay. All right. You're the teaching assistant for this class. You're planning on getting a PhD. You have learned all these things. You have taken all this school. You have gotten a degree. Now we want you to play with clay. We want you to make clay caterpillars. <laughs> well, okay, then. I guess we'll do that. The idea is to make them so that it looks like they're in the forest and you will be able to ascertain which ones get attacked and which ones don't based on the control group and the amount of illumination. 
Think about it. <laughs> now, here comes the real weather forecast for most of the week at my house. I don't know about yours. Stick around. There's more weekend gardening. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card, plus more. Call 855-413-8769, TTY-711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid actor portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash. 
cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out any time right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. One of my um, social media feeds has turned into a plethora, I'm going to use that word again since it's such a good word, of old music picture things like this. The other day it was Canned Heat deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, academic, this is, I mean, not academic, um, you know, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all this kind of stuff. I get all these, and some of these pictures are just hysterically funny. And one of the ones of Canned Heat, which is the band that plays this song, was pretty hilarious. I actually remember that they looked that way, but I had forgotten. They were the epitome of everybody you ever saw. In other words, in terms of shapes of people, big round people, tiny skinny people, square shaped people, <laughs> rounded. It was really a funny bunch of people. I don't have any idea what they look like now, and I probably wouldn't recognize them. But it's it's interesting to see that old stuff. I've just got to get different things in my feed. I don't need all that old stuff. <laughs> I don't need all that old stuff. Interesting question in Mobile about um, why this pine tree looks like this. And they, the truth of the matter is, I have no idea. I mean, I have ideas, but I don't know. So I'm not going to give you a – I'm going to tell you that what you need to actually do is look locally. There may have been a lightning storm, a meteorological event 15 years ago when this was a young tree that caused that. There may have been one last year that caused other people's trees to do something like this. Or it may be a sign of weakness in that particular stand of trees. I can't tell you without being on the ground looking at it and consulting with some other folks. So I suggest that in order to find out, I realize that you may just wait for it to fall over. But hopefully it's not going to do that anytime soon and it's not in the way of anything else. So I would suggest getting in touch with a local forester, your county agent, or somebody at um, the National Conservation Resource Service, National, I'm sorry, NRCS, National Resource Conservation Service, all of whom are tree people and know like a great deal more about that than I would. I would be speculating. There's uh, something I'm not speculating about, though, and that is the desire that we all have to see our leaves turn green again, even when they're not. If they're not dead and you see them leafing out and they're just not coming along too well and you feel like, well, maybe 
Mm. If you've got a nice thick leaf on, you know, a lot of different shrubs, but but a nice fat leaf, say, cannas or fatsias or even fachedras or Japanese plums, other nice thick big leaves are particularly able to absorb fertilizer that you spray onto them. Many other plants can too, but they don't benefit as much as a, as a really nice big thick leaf will. So you can do that, and it, that may help in terms of the way they look, but it also is a good way to get nutrition to them in really rainy weather. Because even a canna, which can live in water or not, doesn't care at all, is still going to be slower in its ability to take up fertilizer when conditions are very wet. So you may want to do that just as an alternative. Um, I, I, I have done it many times, particularly if companies coming. You want something to look a little better than it was. Maybe you're selling your house. <laughs> and that's that's true, too. I don't know about you but if I really was not controlling myself right this minute, I would be scratching this mosquito bite that's on the side of my neck, which has itched since yesterday, despite all of my attempts to get it to not itch. I'm happy to know that human beings are now biting back, that's right, by deactivating that part of the mosquito, the male mosquito, that makes more mosquitoes, okay? University of California at Riverside says that it's in fact... The proteins that are responsible for activating the mosquito's ability to produce more mosquitoes can be shut down. Hopefully, that will work. Hopefully, we can stop. And I don't mind if the males and females live. They can even survive at my house as long as they're not making babies that are going to bite me. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to wipe out all the mosquitoes, and neither is this particular study. The whole business... The, the whole business has to happen in order, you know, the male has to get together with the female. And if there's not anything to deposit, either they won't or it won't work. So either one of these is okay. Without the proteins involved, we can't, we don't get fertilization. Therefore, we don't get the next generation. They will remain immobile and just eventually degrade, which is fine. I don't, like I said, I'm not trying to kill the mosquitoes. I'm just trying to keep them from biting me. And interestingly enough, how do you get somebody to sign up for this at a research? I don't even know. We have to talk about not knowing how to sex flowers. We can't tell the difference between the male and the female flowers. They had to go pick out 200 male mosquitoes. I have a feeling that their magnifying glasses were bigger than my head because you can't see that very easily. So they determined that the whole business needs calcium to go ahead, but they went past that and got, in fact, to the, the calcium channel proteins, and that's where they found the issue. They have, they've given up on spraying the pesticides all over because it kills everything good and bad, as we all know, and can actually harm things. But if we can just target that mosquito male, it'll make me happy. Now, that being said, don't think the mosquitoes aren't going to respond because they are. University of Florida is letting us know there's a new mosquito. That's right. One we had not known before, one that has come to us from the tropics and is now in Florida. Yes, can you say climate change? Yes, can you say storms of magnitude? All of those things is what brings a creature like another mosquito there and lets it survive. Okay, they can fly up there and get, you know, get caught up in a windstorm or whatever it is, but in order for them to become in 
intractable and to be learned learn about them there have to be a population that establishes itself and indeed this is culex lactator sounds just horrible doesn't even have a common name yet i'm going to call it the pandemic mosquito because that's when it got here and i'm not happy about it the first one was discovered in 2018 and ever since then they have gotten bigger did you know i like florida so much I've written about Florida. I've traveled there. I, but there are 90 mosquito species there. Good grief. I'm telling you, these people over here at University of California, Riverside, have got to get busy and get with the folks at the University of Florida and do something about this because this itches and we can all get sick. So, unfortunately, we are, you know, we study them because they can transmit diseases, but there's a whole bunch of holes in that because we don't even know who all the mosquitoes are or where they are, and we don't know that much about them. There are 90 in Florida, but right now we know that there are more than 3,000 types of mosquitoes in the world. Good grief. For those who thought that malaria was conquered, believe me, the mosquitoes are more adaptable. Okay, not only do we still have problems with malaria, which was the original, well, you, you probably, you may not know this because people, you know, when you hear about the Panama Canal, the, the reason the Panama Canal almost didn't get b- built was malaria. And if you've ever heard of Walter Reed, the military hospital in Washington, it was, in fact, Dr. General Walter Reed who found that we could use quinine and keep people from dying from malaria. I mean, these are things that really have happened, okay? And so we are, in fact, still finding ways to control the mosquito population because they bring diseases to humans. Again, I don't want to wipe them out. I just don't want their trouble. I feel that way about some people. You don't, have to, you don't need to die. Just stay away from me. You know that's true. Everybody feels that way about something. Oh, here's something maybe I should be able to stay away from. Just one last little note today. Turns out the researchers at Max Planck are telling us that the foods with high fat and sugar content actually change our brains. I sort of knew that. That's why those M&Ms are so good at 2 a.m. Now, go have a wonderful week. Trust me, put April 15th on your calendar for Greenwood Marketplace and come back here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. For a sold out show. We got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. We're just holding it down here in BFA. 
Chase loves soccer. I'm Chase Greer, and I'm 12 years old. And his dream is to turn pro. That's why Chase and his family make sure he's always having fun and squeezing out his best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, buddy, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze Fruit on the Go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. That's my boy! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out the best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Be honest. If you had to choose between your phone or your boyfriend, which would you give up? Okay, now that he's gone, start using your phone to pay at checkout instead of swiping. With the Citizens Bank's new mobile pay, add your debit card to your phone's mobile wallet and pay with a touch. Who knew your phone was great with money? You made the right choice. Start using mobile pay from the Citizens Bank today. In your corner, member FDIC. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.